Beauty for ashes. 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 And today we are talking about Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, indeed, Black Lives do matter, right? But where is God in the movement? All right. And so today, today's episode is going to be pretty. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of information in here, right? So definitely, if you're doing something, you might want to take a moment, pause on that, or come back to this when you have time to really listen because there is a lot of information packed into this episode. I'm going to try to sum it up as quickly as I can um, into this hour, but it's definitely something that could be talked about over a series. And if God leads me to do that, then I will. But right now, I just want to kind of introduce these things. Um, See, there is a risk in following a movement blindly. There's a risk in following anything blindly in following a person blindly in following a, a theory ideology um, there is risk in doing it blindly, right? Matthew 15 and 14 says, so ignore them. They are blind guys leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. And so if you've been keeping up with the podcast episodes, we spoke on this scripture before, but it is relevant here as well. Okay. I'm here to tell you today that the Black Lives Matter movement is the blind leading the blind, period. Um, just want to get that on out the way. All right. Let's answer the question in the beginning. Where's God in the movement? God ain't there. God ain't in the movement. Some other stuff is in the movement, though, but God is not in it. Um, And so we are going to dive into all of those components, right? We're going to dive into all of it. I I know I didn't really (laughs) get into, oh, how you doing? Look, we got to get to it. Okay, we got to get to it. We don't have that much time. So um, a little bit of background, like Shayna, why are you even talking about this? Like who gives you the authority? First of all, God gave me the authority to speak on it. All right. Holy spirit aided me on this topic, but also a good portion of my life was spent, um, within the movement, like really participating like all the time. (laughs) Um, I dated a guy that was a revolutionary activist, you name it, all of the above. Right. And so I recently, Holy spirit, brought this realization to me, you know, because I've been going through healing process. But, you know, I did what I could to become who I thought he wanted me to be. Right. And we're not going to dive into that. That's a whole subject on its own. But I thought that and not just based on him, but the groups I was in, the people I was surrounded by, the friends I had, I thought that who that who they wanted me to be was 
all down for the cause, all down for social justice. And I say it like that. And you'll know why I say it like that here soon. Um, and I needed to be that, right? Because I was black. I mean, I am black still. My skin is still black. <laughs> um, but if I didn't show up in that same way that they did or hold their same ideas and their opinions, I would have been out on the outside, right? I probably wouldn't have had a boyfriend, honestly. Um, but friends too, I would have been out on the outside. And so what's, what's so interesting about that is going back to the fact that as God's kingdom right? As members of the kingdom of God, we are to be set apart. We are to be um, the salt of the earth, right? We should be exhibiting Jesus. We should be speaking the truth. And it's no coincidence that had I really dove into this back then and listened to my dad, because my dad was even telling me to chill out, right? Then um, I would have known why (laughs) there was so much opposition for, you know, having a different opinion when it comes to the movement, right? And so, first of all, I just want to say that, um, I, I just want to pray that anybody that listens to this, that you come in, um, uh, with the open heart, that God softens your heart, that He, uh, removes the scaling and the spiritual, the spiritual blinders from your eyes, the spiritual deafness from your ears, so that you can hear what I'm about to say in this episode, okay? You know, I gotta, I gotta tell y'all, <laughs> I have to tell y'all my experience, right? Because, I need y'all to know what I done seen, all right? <laughs> um, and also, you know, I want to be clear, right? Uh, there's an author who I am kind of, um, I have some quotes from her within this episode um, by the name of Katherine Richardson, and she writes a lot on uh, things of this nature, and she ties in the biblical references. And honestly, she really helps me understand the breakdown of a lot of these things, Um in addition to, you know, the word of God, of course, and then um, other research. But I'll be sure to link um, her uh, articles so that you could take a look for yourself. But, you know, she said something that really stood out to me. She said, this is real pain. This is real suffering. This is real racism. But most importantly, y'all, this is real sin. Okay, this is sin that we are talking about. So I just want to First of all, just say I'm not disregarding the pain that racism brings, the anger, the fear, right? Because guess what? I've been in those places. I still, even when I when I get pulled over, which isn't often, but <laughs> if I get pulled over, I still my heart is still beating a little fast because I'm just like, oh, okay, God, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Um, so don't think that I'm disregarding anything that has happened or any part of the experience of a black person. Um, you know, there's real pain tied to all of this. There is real suffering that has happened years and years and years and years and years of suffering, right? It's real racism. There are still people who are operating from that spirit. But and most importantly, and at the, the root of all of this is sin. We have to understand the world that we live in, right? It's a sinful world, okay? Um, so, you know, I believe that this message is mainly for Christians, right? Um, it can be beneficial to those who have some questions on this topic, you know, are a little unsure. Um, you know, those who don't believe in God or Jesus or identify as a Christian, you're likely going to oppose this truth, especially if you are a major supporter <laughs> of the Black Lives Matter movement. But my prayer again is that that spiritual deafness is lifted. All right. And you take this as a warning. Christians, I need you to take heed of this message. I need y'all to know what you're getting yourself into. We cannot 
continue. The way this world is going, we cannot continue to blindly follow. We cannot. We must test the spirit. We must go to God. We must seek the kingdom first before we um, come into agreement with the things of this world. Okay. So let me just give you all a little breakdown of some of the things I've heard. So back when Michael Brown died, Mike Brown, when he died, um, you know, he was killed by police. And I... Uh, hopped into the car with my ex and a couple of friends and we all went down to Ferguson. It was when they had the call for everybody to come out and support Ferguson in this fight, right? And so um, I'm not going to go in extreme detail about everything that happened because again, I have a lot to fit in this episode, but I'm just going to kind of talk about what I saw and what I heard. And first and foremost, let me tell you, your girl got dog sick when she was down there. Like I'm thinking... Like now that I look back on, I'm like, God, were you, you were probably keeping me from something or you were showing me that I didn't belong there. One of the two or even both. I remember our first night getting there and we drove down. I didn't drive. I didn't have a license at the time, but we went down there and um, I remember the first night we were protesting and we just hopped right in and it was like raining and cold. And that's where I thought I'm like, maybe I got sick from that. But now that I think back, I think part of it could have been protection. Um, because when I was sick, I couldn't participate. <laughs> I had to lay up in the car and sleep, basically. So um, it's like we we're here, we're we're uh, protesting. Um, you got the army people, <laughs> you got the tanks all out. It's just a bunch of of madness. Then you go to it, and then you have groups of people, and they're sharing and they're talking. And all I could hear and see and feel was just pain and hurt and anger, right? And so that is a lot of the things that I witnessed when I was there. Pain, hurt, sadness, uh, hatred, loss of hope, all of these things. Um, and it's, it's very sad to, to see, to see that, right? And although at the time I wasn't like besties with Jesus, like I knew God, I knew Jesus, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, but I was being rebellious and not walking in the truth of God, right? And, you know, still being within sin. I mean, we sin every day, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like I was <laughs> consciously choosing not to go the right way because I was trying to see what this way was about. And thank God for his grace and mercy that I was able to get my life together before I died, right? So, and we're just keeping it real. <laughs> we got to keep it real in this episode, y'all. So, you know, I'm listening to these things and I all, and whenever I'm in these spaces, I always would think about like, you know, but God, like, what if God was shined on this? What if the truth was shined on this? You know, what What if people knew that they could take their pain and their hurt and their trouble to God? You know what I mean? Um, and so throughout the time, you know, that's what I saw. I did witness some community. Like when I was sick, we had somebody that took us in, which was awesome, you know, of this woman to do. They took us in and fed us and she helped me uh, get better. But it was definitely an experience I will never forget. And a lot of times being out there, I just felt so confused like I don't even know what's going on right now I'm trying like trying to keep an eye on everybody and all of this right so we're just going to break down just really quickly those things that I saw and or have felt in the past anger right the bible tells us be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil all right that's Ephesians 4 26 through 27 right so the bible says be angry but don't sin out of your anger right and let's let's just be honest that a lot of the times when we're angry when we're upset sin follows and the bible is telling us don't let the sun go down with that anger don't give the opportunity to the devil and i think through our anger right that the anger that we have of the killing of our people 
we give the enemy the opportunity to cause more havoc on our lives, on our communities, um, on our nation. Like we open up the door of opportunity, uh, sadness. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That's Psalms 34 and 18. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's Psalms 55 and 12. James 5 and 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Can you imagine with our sadness, right? If we realize that God is near us, he's near the brokenhearted. He's not far away, right? He saves the crushed in spirit. The Bible tells us to cast our burden on the Lord and he will sustain us. It also tells us if we're suffering that we should pray. We should pray. Can you imagine if when someone dies at the hand uh, of, of uh, police and it's unjust, can you imagine if we came together and pray? No, I, I would. Can't imagine it, right? Because we got people that are literally speaking out against people praying in these matters. You literally have people that's, that make a mockery of prayer, one of our best weapons, one of our best tools. Hatred was something else that, that I saw and what you just see in the movement, right? Uh, the Bible says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. First John 2 and 9. So those who are claiming Jesus and claiming God, and they're saying, you know, they, they are claiming that, yo, I'm a Christian, you know, but you hate your brother? You hate white people? You are still in darkness. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Proverbs 10 and 12. We've seen what hatred stirs up, okay? We see that, but love covers all offenses. I saw a loss of hope there. Lamentations 3 and 24 says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. We don't have hope because we have misplaced our hope into the things of this world when our hope should be in the Lord okay I, I see a lot of anxiety going through um while I was there do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus Philippians 4 and 6 through 7 again the Bible is telling us to come come to God in prayer. Come to God and with thanksgiving, right? Come to God with thanksgiving and prayer together and let your requests be made known to him. And the, that's the key, the peace of God, the peace of God. People wonder why that with everything going on, with the craziness going on, with the things, with the black lives even being, being killed and taken away and murdered, how people can still have peace. You want to know why they can still have peace and no peace? Because... The peace of God surpasses all understanding and it will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I remember, I don't know who it was that had got killed, but um, I remember the family's response was of forgiveness for the person that uh, killed them. And people were up in arms. They were so upset that this family, how dare they forgive them? How dare they show mercy how dare they show grace when in all actuality in all actuality they are operating from the love of god they are operating from the way that god has instructed us to be out of love right we're gonna talk about it more but the bible says like you need to forgive other people if you want god to forgive you none of us are without sin he who is without sin cast the first stone right 
So, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to move on because there was another um, point in my life where I was literally like, something ain't right with this movement, okay? <laughs> something ain't right. And so um, I was at this convention, conference, whatever you want to call it, um, in Cleveland, and it was called the Movement for Black Lives. Now, this movement, it, it they had different workshops and things of that nature. Um, I just tried to go to ones that were kind of neutral, you know, the, of course, they had things that were talking about um, identity and, you know, sexuality, all this other stuff, because you don't get one without the other nowadays. And um, y'all might be salty about that, but mm, it's true. And we can talk about that later. <laughs> but the the movement for Black Lives, it was a gathering, right? And people were all coming over because, you know, they're getting together in support of Black Lives and just kind of trying to move forward collectively and so the biggest thing that happened you know first of all the the spirits the spirit that was in the air at that time was not good like as I think back and I think back on some of the things that I was uh in the mix of like the enemy and his little demons was wreaking havoc in that area on that weekend anyway there was this moment where we were all in the uh I want to, it was like a theater, but it was huge, right? There's people all on the bottom floor. There's people up top on the sides, all of that. And so we're there and then, a, you know, a gospel choir goes up. They ask all of us to join hands. And so I'm like kind of hyped because I'm like, oh, shoot, a gospel choir, get a little bit of Jesus. And no. So they start singing the song. I don't remember the name, but it's a song that goes, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. That song, right? And so it goes on. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. And so they begin. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know if they said God's. We're all a part of God's body. I want to say they said one body. Because what what I'm getting at here is they went on to say it is our will instead of it is his will as in God, right? And so I just sat there. As soon as they said that, I went mute because I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And like, you got everybody in unison singing along. And honestly, it was quite eerie. I, I Have I told y'all this story? Look, if I did, I'm sorry, but look, that I will never forget that because I I literally made a post about it later Um, because I'm like, okay, when we as a people <laughs> begin to say in unison and agreement that it is our will, it is our will and not God's will we have a problem there is some trouble right and the bible warns us of this it does tell us that we'll get into a time where people become lovers of themselves you know we also if we read back to you know Jeremiah where part of the people's problem was that they didn't even want the truth right they loved the lie they loved the lie and that is what we're seeing right now in this world People love to be lied to. They don't want to hear the truth, right? They oppose it, okay? That was me kind of witnessing a form of rebellion, if you will. And then it was followed by a spur-of-the-moment protest because it was this young man who was uh, with the police and the police, uh, I honestly, I, I didn't see it all, to be quite honest with you. But people saw them interacting and then everybody instantly was like, oh, no, you're not about to take him. And then it just got crazy. I mean, uh, pepper spray. It just escalated, escalated, escalated. Uh, people were locking arms and making a barricade. It was just so much going on. Right. And it was all off of impulse. 
And we need to submit, we need to submit these things to God, right? Uh, we shouldn't be acting off of impulse. We shouldn't be operating from our emotions, right? God should be the rule over our emotional state. And I understand people coming in like, oh, you're not about to take another one. Bloop. But like, it just escalated, 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 right? And we were going off of what? Our will. <laughs> um, so, Let's just kind of talk about the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. I just wanted to give y'all a little bit of a snippet of the fact that, you know, been there, done that. <laughs> Even in that, I'm like, what's up with that? <laughs> so let's talk about the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. I feel like I'm good on time. I know y'all like, dang, why is she so pressed about the time? Because we about to get into some stuff. Okay, so the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm not about to go in great depth, but it did begin with the hashtag, right? Um, and then it also began with three women. So this hashtag grew into a global network and it's now recognized worldwide. Um, today I'm not focusing on every person, every woman that started, but I am focusing on the words of the co-founder, um, Patrice Cullors and the founder of the LA chapter, Melina Abdullah. Okay. So Black Lives Matter is a social justice movement that is setting forth a call for liberation of all black lives, right? And so I just kind of got that from, you know, what Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter um, describes themselves as. Um, you know, they talk about how they just want to be free, right? We just want to be free. Freedom is the drive behind that movement, right? Now, it's one thing to be for the people, and it's another thing to be for the kingdom. We will find out very quickly that being for the people, being for the world, right? A lot of time, what the world wants, actually, what the world wants <laughs> is in opposition to what the kingdom uh, seeks to prevail. So the Bible tells us to seek the kingdom first, right? And I believe if we sought the kingdom first, if we went to God and asked for wisdom and we humbled ourselves, we would realize that we don't know it all, right? And that our worldly knowledge isn't enough. We talked about in the past episode, your worldly knowledge isn't enough, right? And God would show us how this movement is not of him. And it, it never has been. It never has been from the start, from the core, right? And we're going to unravel that. See, God calls us to love first and foremost. So let's talk about that. God calls us to love. And that is not what's at the center of this movement. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? First John 4 and 20 right there. And right before that, the verse says we love because God first loved us. So you know what should be on our mind? God should be on our mind when we think about how we operate, right? God loved me first. So you know what? I'm going to love you as well. I can't say I love God and hate you. And that's just the truth. So all of us who are talking about I hate white people, look. You need to go take a little, sit down, take a little time out and think about what you said. Because if you also are trying to say that you love God, they both can't exist at the same time. So what is wrong with Black Lives Matter movement? You know, when we look closely at it and we listen to what is being said, we will soon see why it is not of God. So I have a couple of themes that I'm going to break down today um, to give you a little bit more insight. But like I said, this could be... <laughs> This could be broken up into multiple episodes. The movement invites, entertains, and promotes ancestral worship, idolatry, hatred, division, acceptance of worldly philosophies. Boy, it's void of grace, right? Um, it promotes an unattainable righteousness, self-righteousness, and a savior complex, okay? 
Black Lives Matter hides behind the guise of being a social justice movement. You know, if we look in the word of God, and I, I like this because in one of the articles I was reading, it brought forth this truth. You know, the word of God does not say anything about social justice. God talks about two things. He talks about justice and injustice. He speaks about the just and the unjust, right? So it's interesting how God talks justice, injustice, but we, the world, have imparted this idea of social justice, okay? Proverbs 28 and 5 says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Okay? So if we sought the Lord, <laughs> we would get that understanding, right? And then I would believe that a lot of the things that we do and try to implement, we would not do, right? Because we will find out that it's not of God. All right? Something that stood out to me was society is unjust because individual people are unjust. Okay? So it's not just like, oh, this is, uh, this is, oh, it's the system. It's the system. Yes. Okay. Sure. It's the system. But guess, guess who created that system? Individual people, right? Who were unjust themselves. Okay. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3 and 23. Um, society is made up of people. So if society is corrupt, then that is the reflection of the people within it. Maybe we need to look in the mirror as a society our only saving grace is jesus all right social injustice sounds cute it's something that you'd rather follow than say uh cultural marxism <laughs> um you know patrice even said patrice the co-founder of uh, black lives matter she even said in one of the interviews that they are trained marxists so this is like an example of how we have to listen y'all people be telling y'all who they are and what it um what did sis say? She said, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Okay? So that's what we need to do is believe people when they tell us who they are. And you're probably like, okay, what does that mean? What is cultural Marxism? So that's when I, I told y'all I'm going to link y'all so y'all can know how I, you know, broke this down and how I was able to understand. But in layman terms, it's a theory that instead of individuals, we belong to groups. Okay. And those groups are either we are the oppressed people or we are the oppressor. Social justice is seeking equality of outcomes, right? So each group should act, think, vote, shoot, even imagine alike. <laughs> For example, right? If, if I'm black, which I am, then that would mean that I automatically belong to an oppressed group, right? No matter how I lived, no matter how I grew up, I'm automatically oppressed because I'm black. All right. And so this stifles the lens that we view the world. And it promotes that each group must view through a lens that is subjectively right for that group based on that group's experience or perspective instead of from a objectively just lens. Okay, I hope that makes sense. I hope I was able to explain that in a way that makes sense. Right. So let me give you all another example. So as a woman, I should be in agreement with the narrative that abortion is okay. First of all, because I'm a woman, I should also be a feminist, right? That's what the feminist movement. Oh, you're a woman. You should be a feminist. You should be. You should be for the cause of this group, right? And so because of that, because I'm a woman, I should be in agreement with the narrative that abortion is okay, right? Um, you know, I am told by society, you know, that this is my body. This is my choice right um and so as a woman i should take on that ideology but as a christian right as a child of the most high right because i am a child of god first then i should be seeking the kingdom first and when i seek the kingdom first on this i learned that number one my body is not my own 
okay? <laughs> my body belongs to God. My body is a temple, right? And then number two, I find out that God formed me and you and everybody else before we were even in the womb, okay? So literal, literally, abortion would be blood on my hands, literally, right? And so being a Christian and also being for abortion is like oil and water. It does not mix right but <laughs> when we are told it's a social justice issue me being against it is wrong me being against it i'm caught all kinds of names right i'm labeled as certain things now because i'm going against the grain but let me remind you again that as a christian as a child of god as God's chosen, you are to be set apart. You are to be different. You are to speak the truth when everybody is following a lie, okay? When you look at social justice, the blame is on the system, all right? When again, the system was created by flawed human beings. And what is this flaw, right? What is this flaw that's in every human being? It's sin. Sin is the flaw. <laughs> so really the blame should be of sin and we should work internally as in our own selves to address this external issue, right? When I, when I say we need to address ourselves internally, what about myself is racist? What about myself is lacking in love? Why can't I love my neighbor, right? Why am I bound to this sin, right? Well, could it be that you have not sought after the truth in Jesus, sin is what binds you. Sin is where bondage is. We are bound to sin except for the truth of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is who sets us free, okay? Jesus is who sets us free. I remember during protests, there was this song, and I don't know if like someone at the protest made this up or if, you know, this is something common, but there was a portion that says, um, the song was like, we who believe in freedom will not rest until it comes. And I, I mean, if the freedom we are going after is the freedom the world is supposedly supposed to bring, we ain't never resting, okay? <laughs> we ain't never resting. But true freedom is already here and available to you through Jesus Christ, okay? So if you believe in freedom, believe in Jesus. Part of being free is not only the free, the freedom from bondage of sin, but it's also the freedom of knowing that this isn't your home. This world is not our home. We are getting ready for Jesus's return. And it is in him that our hope lies, even when this world seems hopeless. So let's continue to break this down, right? Um, I'm going to actually really break down now the themes that we talked about before. So just to remind y'all, the themes that we're going to break down are ancestral worship, idolatry, hatred, division, acceptance of worldly philosophies, the void of grace, the unattainable righteousness, all of that stuff, right? So we're going to go into that now. We can get a, a better idea so we can kind of see what, what really lies behind this movement it's important that we pay attention to the truth and know that the truth is not hidden actually actually it's often in plain sight okay uh, i looked at a video and it had the black lives matter co-founder patrice colors right and she was uh doing a um i guess what she called it was a performance within this performance um there was a video it was like a background playing of her speaking a prayer a prayer to the ancestors from the ancestors it was just a prayer to you know that wasn't to jesus okay and um she had an altar she was lighting candles in the uh prayer quote unquote there was a repetition of course um there was saying of people's names she even said in there i pray for you and i know 
that you pray for me in, in regards to the ancestors, right, of the people that died. It was just really interesting to watch because I'm just sitting here like, what? what is this doing? And so then she starts writing on this stack of paper and she'll go to the middle and she'll shred these things. And she has this mountain of like shred, shredded paper. And then she goes behind the altar and she's just standing there. And then she kneels down and then she bows her head. And she also has something on the altar that she's, she also has something on the altar that she's touching. I don't know if it was water. I don't know what it was. I couldn't really tell. But she was doing a full on ritual, y'all. A full on ritual. And we will see things like this and we will still be like, oh, it's nothing. Like, no, they're showing you who you who they are. They're showing you who they are and who they serve right in front of your face. And it would be silly of us to think that the people who founded this movement and ride for this movement and go hard for this movement um, are not incorporating these practices. It would be foolish of us to think that their hands in these practices and these rituals that these spirits don't spill out to anyone else who becomes a part of it, right? Because again, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, right? But with the principalities, okay? And the spiritual things that are happening um, that we can't see. The fact that she had the prayer playing, playing in the background, you know, I just want to bring forth again what the word says about prayer just real quick. Um, let's remind ourselves of the prayer in Matthew six ten and 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And it goes on to say in 14 and 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So I just wanted to throw that in there really quickly because we need to be reminded of what prayer looks like as well, right? Part of prayer is that God's will will be done, all right? Part of prayer is um, receiving our daily bread. So we're receiving what God has for us. Man cannot live on bread alone, meaning we need to be in God's word, right? Part of prayer is repentance asking for forgiveness right and so i just want to throw that in there just because it's like you you all are calling this a prayer no sis let me, let me tell you what a prayer what a prayer is <laughs> or who you should be praying to right um and even if we think about prayer as far as what would i do what would i do if i didn't know what to say right and the and the um, Bible tells us that, and the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, our Helper, actually prays the perfect prayer for us, intercedes on our behalf. After the video, she goes into this discussion with Melina Abdullah, right? And so she's a professor, and she's the founder of um, Black Lives Matter LA, the LA chapter. All right, so I want y'all to know right now, my judgment is not upon them, but it's upon the work of the enemy. It's to expose the enemy's lies and show you that his lies are literally pumping through the foundation of this organization, through this movement, okay? And we should not blindly follow this movement. There is so much to unpack here, right? But I want to just kind of go through these statements so you guys can just hear what they said. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go really deep on each of these things. Hopefully in a, a future episode, we can revisit. So within the video, right, um, they talk about how you know, they use West African practices of ancestral worship. So when I say ancestral worship is within this, I'm not just making it up. <laughs> they said it themselves. Uh, they were, they said that spirituality is at the core of the movement. And we're not talking about God. No, we're talking about spirituality, 
you know, something made up from the world. And spirituality, you got to be careful, right? Because there's demonic spirits, right? <laughs> uh, there's evil um, spirits. So what kind of spirituality are we talking, right? Patrice was saying a lot of different things here. Uh, she called the calling, right? So the calling of the fallen names. Um, and I'm not going to say any of their names in this purposefully because of what it's meant to do. So the calling is lifting people up in their living and also in their death. All right. So let's just be let's just be uh, real here. The only name we should be lifting up is Jesus. OK. All right. And so then uh, she goes on to say that we need to lift people up. It's spirit driven. It's a relationship with our ancestors. Let me tell you, all your ancestors are not thinking about you. OK, they are dead. They are gone. And I'm not trying to sound uh, insensitive. But they're gone. They are gone. Leave them in the ground. All right. They don't know nothing about what's going on on the earth right now. So then Melina chimes in. And some of the things that she was saying was that uh, when we say their names, we invoke the spirit and the spirit becomes present with you. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So what she really is talking about is familiar spirits, y'all. Demonic spirits. This practice of calling and saying their names is demonic, okay? And and then Melina goes to say, we become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly. Each seems to have a different presence or personality. I laugh a lot with blank, because again, I said I'm not saying anyone's names. And I didn't meet her in her body. I met her through this work. How are you laughing with the dead? Can somebody, can somebody make it make sense? Somebody make it make sense. Again, familiar spirits. Sis, you was laughing with the demon, all right? And some, let me tell y'all where the word of God talks about this. In Isaiah 8 and 19, it says, Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? And that's, that's Bible. Should you be seeking guidance from the dead? No. What they know about the living, what they know about what's going on on the earth, right? You need to be seeking God. Regard not them that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. That's Leviticus 19 and 31. They even say it in King James Version. Familiar spirits. Do not regard their familiar spirits. So you might think you're talking to whoever. But guess what? You're actually talking to a demon. Okay. Then Patrice says, you know, when she got older, she felt like she was missing something. And then ancestral worship became important. You know, it's important to lift up the name of our folks. And so I just want to say to that, that, you know, that vacancy, that feeling of emptiness, that can only be filled by Jesus. That can only be filled by knowing who Jesus is uh, through salvation. Because literally what will happen is we all are in search of something. We're all in search of truth. And the enemy knows that. So he uses these different tactics to try to introduce you into something that feels like it's the truth, that feels like it's fulfillment. But if you're being honest with yourself, you know, you're still empty. Let's just see. Let's just take note of that, that she even said out of her mouth that she felt she was missing something. And this became important to her. And then Patrice goes on to say things like, you know, giving offerings of something to the ancestors in tradition. That's like honey or tobacco. But it's important for us to be in direct relationship with our people who have passed and also for them to know we remembered them. So what I got to say is that they don't know that you remember them and they don't care because why they're dead. Um, and then 
I feel like this sounds bad, but like, y'all, I think we just have to be real about it. Like, they're gone. And obviously, there is that moment of, you know, grief and things of that nature, right? But we have to understand that we don't have connection to them anymore. They don't have connection to us. We don't have connection to them. They can't speak to us and tell us what to do. If they are, if you're hearing something, if you're seeing something, it's a familiar spirit, okay? And then she goes on to say that um, she believes that they work through us right blank was murdered and she felt like she had to fight for her accountability and so then melina chimes in is it melina yeah melina chimes in and she says that she had called up patrice and told her that this person that was killed told her that she did not want them to stand down that she wanted them to spend i think it was like 54 days in city hall and then melina goes on to say even though i didn't know her i feel like she was a fighter she wanted a particular fight for her look y'all the enemy is who is bringing forth his agenda through these familiar spirits okay so when they telling you go do this go do that that's the enemy working okay do you really believe that god would tell you to do anything in contrast to his word all right god is not a man that he should lie nor is he a man that will go against his word. So, <laughs> look, look, let's take a hard look. Is it from God? <laughs> Does it go against God's word? Then it ain't from God. Patrice then says that, you know, she claims that our ancestors are asking us to fight for them. You know, we want to honor the people who gave us our path. We should be honoring them in all our ways. And this is what I want to call back to the fact that this is like, you know, they're talking about spirituality and, and religion. This is like a religion, right? Um, they are actually idolizing and worshiping, ancestral worship, right? Worshiping their ancestors. They are trying to honor their ancestors in everything that they do. When the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge God, acknowledge him, God, and he shall direct your paths. God is who should be directing your path, not your ancestors. And it's not really an ancestor that's doing it, right? Your path is being directed by the enemy. Okay, she goes on to say they know what it takes to be remembered. I hope this makes sense. Sis, no, it don't make sense. Actually, it does not make sense. And we need to stop trying to make sense of what doesn't make sense. And then they go on to talk about the hashtags, y'all. She says hashtags are way more than a hashtag. Literally, it's like almost resurrecting their spirit so they can work through us to get the work done. Excuse me? So this just calls that, you know, what seems ordinary, what seems simple, what seems like something just in support of our people can literally be evil demonic used to forward the enemy's agenda okay ephesians 3 and 20 says now all glory to god who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think so the only power <laughs> that should be working through you is god who is able not the dead all right Melina goes on and says, when we call their names, you know, she, she calls back to Patrice and she says that she said something important and how we, we should remember them. And beyond that, we are invoking them. This is invocation. This is recognition. As we invoke, they have inspired and empowered the movement. When we call on our ancestors, we call them for specific purposes. Sis, what? No. Uh-uh. No. And so it's just not okay. It's just not okay, y'all. It's just not okay. She goes on to talk about and she brings up how, you know, and she even says herself that at its core, it's a spiritual movement. And she talks about how she remembers when um, they used to go out into the streets after someone has died and they would pray, uh, Hutu, I don't know, 
but <laughs> they would pray and um, literally, you know, pour out libations that they built with the community. And they would, she said, it really took her a year to realize that this movement was more than just the political part, you know, and the racial and social justice part, but it was spiritual. And she said that they, they're literally standing on spilled blood. Mm. And so then she goes on to say that you can't pretend that this is just organizing work. All right. So for everybody that says it's just organization. No, it's not just that. Then she recalls on when they used to go to the ocean. Yeah. They used to go to the ocean and she said they would do rituals really seeking spirit. Right. They would go to the water, to the ocean doing rituals. Y'all. And she's not denying that it was for spiritual purposes, right? And so that brings me to, which we're not going to go into detail because, again, that's a whole other episode. But, you know, there are different types of spirits. And one of which that has to do with the water is a marine spirit. Go ahead and do your research for yourself, right? But there was two parts from my research that I wanted to include in here. The marine's powers possess and use serious monitoring and surveillance powers. They have very well-organized networks that can infiltrate anywhere. Does that sound familiar to y'all? What was once a hashtag has turned into a global network, okay? Drops mic, because I'm going to just leave that with y'all. And lastly, (laughs) Patrice says that she couldn't do this work without that, without that spiritual aspect, without that um, ancestral ties, that ancestral worship, right? Without that being at the core of their organization. You want to know why? Because... This movement isn't of God, so I'm I'm sure you probably can't do this without that because that's that's what's powering you <laughs> to do it. That's what's empowering you is the these uh this false religion, this demonic work is what's empowering you to do it. Then we're just gonna go through these last few idolatry, right? So idolatry is obvious. It's obvious that idolatry is included because they are looking to their ancestors as gods, really. Um and also we see idolatry when their work has turned black people into idols to some white people some white people are literally kissing the feet of black people because of what their ancestors did to the ancestors of the black people and it's like no like we shouldn't be made idols we shouldn't be made idols because of what has happened this movement also creates hatred right you got people chanting and yelling f the police i don't have to explain why that's not of god you got people hating white people i don't have to explain why that's not of god we said it earlier right who are you to love who are you to say that you love god and also hate your neighbor and then it also creates hatred for those who do not agree with their ideologies because because now oh i don't mm, i'm not messing with you or what you got to say I'm not effing with you, all of that, because you don't go for everything that this movement goes for. Um, the movement also creates division, right? And division, division isn't of God. And um, there's division between white and black people currently. Um, there's division between the group of black people, right? Again, if you oppose the movement, now you're labeled as a bigot. If you speak out the truth about the movement, you are labeled as these things because people want to divide you from that and and make you seem like an outsider, which you are technically an outsider because you're for the truth, but make you seem like an outsider so others can come against you. And then it also um, promotes the acceptance of worldly philosophies, right? It starts at race. And this was in one of the articles I read, which was on point it starts at race and then you get into feminism and the things that come with that and then you get into the support of various sexual identities right so uh so people that identify as trans as homosexual as um non-binary all of these identities that were not given by god 
right? And so I've literally witnessed this. I'm not even going to detail, but I have friends <laughs> who literally start off about like, you know, Black Lives Matter. And now all of a sudden they are extremely pushing the um, agenda for the um, acceptance of, we just going to go all the way to sexual identities, right? And I'm not saying that uh, people who identify a certain way, that their lives don't matter. I'm definitely not saying that because every person was created in God's image. So nobody deserves uh, to be killed, murdered, mistreated, or anything based on how they choose to live their lives, how they choose to identify. But as a Christian, you cannot be in support of or accept um, certain things of the world, certain philosophies of the world. You can't be in agreement with it, right? Because it's going against the word of God. Like I talked about abortion earlier. I can't be in agreement with abortion because it goes against the word of God. It goes against the truth. But when you become so um, embedded in these movements, they they push more and more and more and more of the worldly agendas, the the false truths. And before you know it, you're supporting all these different things that are not of God. Also, the movement is void of grace, right? So where is grace in the movement? John 1 and 16 says, And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. We received grace from God, right? Um, through Jesus. So if we are receiving grace upon grace, why can't we give grace to others, right? There is no grace given in this movement and there's no room for forgiveness. Again, like I use that uh, family, for example, when they this when they said, you know, we forgive you, people were up in arms. They were not here for the forgiveness. <laughs> uh, but Matthew 6 and 15 says, if you do not forgive man their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 5 and 44 says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Romans 12 and 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. A lot of us are getting in the way. God said, Vengeance is his. Let him repay it. Don't take that on. Where Where is your release, right? We are all, we're walking around carrying all of these burdens, all of these things that were not meant for us to carry, okay? The, the movement also promotes an untainable righteousness an untainable righteousness, right? So I'm going to shout out Catherine again for this lens, but the standards of social justice are impossible to meet. You will never be woke enough. You will never educate yourself enough, apologize enough, or be a good enough activist because no matter what you do <laughs> in the name of this movement, it's like, no, mm -mm, you need to do this. Uh, you need to do that. Uh, what do you mean you're sorry? You're sorry isn't enough. You need to do this, this, that, and the third, right? And then she goes on to say, this is a false gospel. Christ has already set us free from sin. We work for good in the world. We don't need to be tied up in the movements like this. By tying ourselves to it, we are adding requirements to the law. We are trying to gain grace by works when that is outright condemned. And I believe we talked about this in a previous episode that grace is not grace, <laughs> you know, if we have to do it by works, right? If, if grace was contingent on how much I did, like if I, you know, like say we got two people and they're both building a house and one person finished it sooner, you know, and now they received grace, but the other person didn't. Like, where would we be if that's how grace was? But Galatians 5 and 4 says, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Okay. The movement also produces self-righteousness, right? 
for being ignorant of the righteousness of god and seeking to establish their own they did not submit to god's righteousness that's romans 10 and 3 see the black lives matter movement believes that their way is the way and they create an own means of righteousness but romans 10 and 3 tells us that it is ignorance that it is an ignorance to the righteousness of god by seeking to establish your own uh and then lastly y'all a savior complex okay the movement cannot save you, it cannot save me, it can't save us, it can't save the world, it can't save black people. Only Jesus can save us. We can only get to true freedom through him. In fact, what seems to be, you know, a movement that's supposed to be about being a voice of the voiceless, it really has become a means for the agenda of the enemy, which is rooted in a false religion and a false spirituality. Um, it's become a, full, a pool of hatred. And those that follow are swimming in their own filth, okay? And what is worse is that while they're in it, they can't smell it. They can't smell themselves, okay? We need to take a mirror to the Black Lives Matter movement, all right? And see, is what we see looking back really what we thought it was? You know, how does, what is the fruit? Hey, what does the word say? Judging by the fruit. What is the fruit of the Black Lives Matter movement? And you tell me if God is in that, all right? And y'all, say his name. Say his name. And who, who could I be talking about? Huh. Jesus. Say Jesus' name. That is the only name that we should be lifting up, that we should be calling out, calling for. Jesus, the name above all names. Jesus is worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of glory, honor. You know, it's the name of majesty, dominion. Like, Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name, okay? When you speak Jesus, demons tremble, okay? Kings bow down. Jesus is the name, okay? And the word of God says that every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So you might as well get with the program now because every knee gonna bow and every tongue gonna confess anyway. I just want to close y'all with Matthew 5 and 1 through 10. Um, and it just talks about freedom. Okay. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. I'm just let that, that rest for y'all. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus... There is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person whoever he is, who has been confusing you. And then we jump down to 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. And I really just want to leave y'all with that. We have to be smart about what it is that we are aligning ourselves with, what it is that we are coming in agreement with during this day and age, right? And I want you all to know that true freedom is in Christ. And when you are in Christ, you are a new creature. The old has passed away. The new has come, right? Allow God to renew your mind. When this happens, you will know true freedom. Trust me. You will know true freedom. Whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. I want y'all to know true freedom. And if you're listening, you're like, Shana, I don't know true freedom. And wow, I've really been blindly following something that I didn't even know much about. I ain't even, I just, hey, Black, Black Lives Matter. I believe that, so I follow. Look, we have to do our due diligence. Because oftentimes things appear as something that they're not or we get so caught up in something and then we realize one day yo this is not what I thought it was and all of that could have been avoided had we did our due diligence and one did our research but most importantly went to God sought the kingdom first and the beautiful thing is that God will give you wisdom if you just ask so if you feel that way the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead then you will be saved and then it does not end there you do have to continue to give God your yes you do have to continue to pick up your cross each and every day and do the work to be more and more like Jesus work to know God for yourself that's what the relationship is all about, knowing God for yourself. And trust me, when you seek God, you will find him. I hope that y'all heard me on this. Not me, actually. I hope that you heard the Holy Spirit. I hope that you heard God's message in this because it's not about me, really. It's about us not living in a lie. It's about us realizing the truth and acknowledging the truth. And then applying that truth, you know, not continuing to be in ignorance and pretend that we don't know the truth. And it's also about us speaking out the truth. I hope you will share this. I mean, if it made you mad, share it with somebody. <laughs> if, it, if you agree, share it. If you disagree, share it. Um, because seriously, this is something that is not talked about enough at all. Um, it's not talked about enough at all. But that's going to change. A lot of things that aren't talked about are going to be talked about. That's one of the reasons why this podcast exists. It's because we are talking about the real deal. We are exposing the enemy for his lies and we are applying God's word. So I hope that y'all have a wonderful week. I pray that God's protection is over you. Um, I pray for God's provision for you. And I will see y'all next week, okay? Peace.